This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to iFanboy's Booksplode. This month, Doctor Strange, The Oath by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. everybody you're listening to another iFanboy book explode my name is paul montgomery that over there mr timmy wood hello hey timmy hey how you doing paul it's been a while since i've been on the book explode yeah. explode sorry <clears throat> i think it was what hulk planet hulk yeah so if you never listened to that one go back and read and download and listen to it and we got big plans for for book explode in 2014 um so stick around um but anyways one of the one of the big exciting surprise books of 2013 was the private eye uh which is like it just came out one day it wasn't even a wednesday i was like what is this it's brian k vaughn and marcos martin and you knew it was gonna be good first of all because brian, uh, brian k vaughn but then also because marcos martin and that from when i came back into comics as an adult um back in you know around 2006 uh this book was coming out dr strange the oath um, and it's a mini series that it's five issues. As I said, it started in December 2006, so seven years ago, ended in April 2007. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, pencils by Marcus Martin, inked by Alvaro Lopez, letters um, by Willie Schubert, and colors by Javier Rodriguez. And I'm just noticing now the Wikipedia entry is wrong because I was about to say Javier Rodriguez did the letters, he did the colors. So Wikipedia, get your shit together. Um, Doctor Strange the Oath. If someone is interested in Doctor Strange, I say go read Doctor Strange the Oath. Um, and that's kind of a. I, I, this is not a bad. This is not a slight against the book, but I, I kind of that kind of makes me sad that it's almost the only 
I was thinking about this today. It seems to be the only Doctor Strange book you can really send someone to, right? You can send you can send people, you know, to like runs and stuff. Um, and there are there are smaller stories. Um, but this is one, it's just it's all self-contained. I think that's the appeal to it. And a lot of people love Brian K. Vaughn. So I think it just I think it's it's just easy. And it's sort of we we had this conversation sort of with um with Planet Hulk as well, is that it's a self-contained thing. You can get it all in, in one collection and everything's there. You don't really need to read anything else. And all the other stuff is sort of runs. In fact, they, they even go ahead and give you a little bit of a Doctor Strange origin in this story. Yeah. So even if you, you could even come at this not knowing anything about Doctor Strange and you could leave knowing everything you probably really need to know. Yeah, well, not, I mean... Yeah, for for the sake of this story, at least, and I mean, so you, you open this up and you're like, oh, he's House, right? I mean, he's like he's sort of like Doctor House. Um, he's sort of he's this huge jerk. He was um, uh, this hotshot surgeon, and he was only he wasn't interested. He this this was not Mother Teresa. This was this was a guy who was very interested in in playing golf and um, making house calls to the patients who could afford. Making that money, calls, making, making that money, 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 the cash money. Exactly. And they don't, sh- I mean, he's, it's when you, it's funny how so many Marvel characters have a origin that pits their, uh, their selves pre superhero days as kind of selfish, kind of a jerk. But after reading this, I feel like Dr. Strange, uh, Dr. St- Stephen Strange might be the most, the biggest jerk of them all. I'd forgotten that he was like, as cold-hearted as he was in the beginning of uh, yeah. his career. <laughs> Revisiting this, that was sort of my biggest takeaway. Was it other than it's like it, this is a really simple story, um, much more um, streamlined of a story than I, than I'd even remembered um, when I read it first as as single issues. Um, but also that yeah, he's I mean. They laid on really thick. He was an asshole. <laughs> like, he, like he's like he would be. He he'd be the bad guy in any movie about hospitals. Any movie about hospitals. This guy's the bad guy. Yeah, the villain. He won't do. He he sends away people because they don't have insurance. He doesn't care about helping people. He only cares about you know doing surgeries for rich politicians or pop stars or you know. And it's it's. I was thinking. I was like, wow. Like you know, Iron Man. He's kind of a selfish guy. Uh, Peter Parker had his selfish moments here and there, but this one, this is—I think really he's the most selfish one of all. I think that yeah, that there are other yeah. Tony Stark is a good example. Like he's you know he's a really selfish, self-absorbed kind of guy, but he was sort of like playing up the the playboy kind of role with with Stephen Strange. He's just like out. He's just like outwardly callous. <laughs> just like, do you even realize what you're saying? He's, there's a, there's almost a, like an element of of mustache twirling. To yeah. how callous he is and and how petty he is and and being totally upfront with, I'm not interested in helping out this this guy who is beloved in Greenwich Village who doesn't have any money. I don't care that he deserves to be helped. I I care that he doesn't have money to be helped. Yeah. Um, so I think so if and that's also my you know kind of my criticism of of the book, which I love this miniseries. But if there's anything, they kind of laid on really thick that. He was he was a jerk, but that also yeah. sets up the fact that he has villains. He has he has these nemeses that stem from his life before he's a superhero. And I think you raise a good point that a lot of characters, be, you know, they become a superhero and 
sort of their mission statement comes out of whatever that catalyst is that changes them, that gives them their powers. Um, with Stephen Strange, he really needed this. Um, he kind of needed to go on this journey to become a better person. And a lot of what he does is, you know, it's sort of a penance for the, you know, the, the Scrooge that he was before. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that makes it uh, pretty engrossing. Um, it's a real, it's a, it's a really interesting character. I just wish they kind of dialed it back a little bit. Um, yeah. so the storytelling isn't quite as nuanced as more recent Brian K. Vaughn stuff like Saga, um, or, or like, you know, Private Eye, which, um, I think they've both grown yeah. as storytellers well, you, since you look then. At, I think this was one of, I mean, Marcus Martin had done a few works. It's funny if you look at the back. Uh, his works that are credited to him are Captain America and Batgirl Year One. Yeah, there are two books I think everyone kind of forgot that he even did. This mo this book came out, and people were like, "Hey, this is a cool book." And then Mar I feel like he Martin disappeared for a little bit, and then kind of wowed everyone again when he came back and did uh the new the New Day Spider Man stuff. You oh know? yeah, that too. That that and I and I, and also Daredevil I think was was big for mm -hmm. for him. Absolutely. Um, Although. But you're yes. right. You're right. He yeah. did kind of, I mean, just for me in terms of what I was reading, like uh, he fell off the map a little bit and I'd read The Oath and I think I went back and I'd read Batgirl Year One and that's one of my favorite all-time stories. Um, it's it's one of those things when people are like, you know, if you could do a, a DC animated feature, you know, what should they adapt? And that's my, you know, my number one pick and um, never going to happen. But anyways, you're right. It's just, He's one of those guys that, that um fell off the map for a little bit and then came back in a big, big way. But I think though, like, even though like, I wouldn't say this is his greatest work because he, he keeps getting better and better as he, as he uh, works in the industry. Like it's just still was really good. And at the time, I don't remember one of the appeals was there wasn't, there weren't many books that looked like this. No. Like this, he has clearly a Ditko, which is probably why he was chosen mm -hmm. for this project. He's a Ditko style. And I'm trying to think of what else was on the market at the time, but I think it was like a lot of, you know, responses and uh, to Civil War or, you know, Sinestro Core War, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I feel like nothing, everything either had like a McNiven or a, uh, what's the guy who did, um, sorry, even Ethan Van Skyver type sure. look to them. Yeah. And then at the time when this came out, this was a quite a, re a refreshing book on the stands i felt like yeah i think i think dicko is, is sort of on the nose i think that's that that's definitely a frame of reference it's not that he's doing like a pastiche of that but no um but yeah you definitely feel that um that 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 sense of of, of amazing of old amazing spider-man um aesthetic and that feels really comfortable and like going home in a way for for a marvel comic and I wish that I, I think actually I think there's a there are uh, with with Marvel now I think there are a lot of comics that are embracing this kind of kind of yeah. look and 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 this kind of um, storytelling style. Um, obviously, I mean he was there with 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 Daredevil, which was just just pre Marvel now. But I, I think you know right from the opening scene where you've got Arana and Iron Fist in the waiting room of the night nurse yeah um, as soon as i read that first page when i remember when this came out i was like oh i'm gonna like this book <laughs> yeah it's I just like it's, a, it's a very like thinking of the you know the, the definition of street level marvel and thinking about well what happens when the superheroes do get injured 
Um, and of course, the night nurse is a is a pre existing character, but um, who would think to to use her as uh, a major character in in a story like this? Um, and it just it just feels like a just a, a very solid watertight setup. And I mean, I was talking earlier about how it's it just feels very simple. Um, you don't need to know anything going into this. They do give you the origin and they remind you each issue. There's actually they've included sort of the um, the previously the uh, the the um, the sort of the refreshers at the head of each issue explaining what had happened in the previous one. And I like that each time it's different. Yeah. Um, it's the Eye of Agamotto for the second issue, and then for the third issue, it's like in a some kind of arcane spell book. And then later it's one of the night nurses, um, uh, medical forms. Um, and they're funny and it's, I think it's a, it's a fun approach top down in terms of doing a, a fun superhero book where it's even the page at the beginning that tells you what happened last time is something out of the story. So Paul, I have to I have to ask you now. Yeah. Before you read this, were you already a fan of Doctor Strange? Like, did you like him a lot, or was this what kind of? Or would you even say you're a fan now? Would you? What are your thoughts a, a on, the, on the the Strange Doctor? Yeah, well, this is gosh, this is, so it's seven years ago. I just uh, for me, Doctor Strange was just sort of a visual. I didn't really know anything about Doctor Strange, um, but I've always liked you know magic and you know wizards and and fantasy and stuff. So. I think I had it in me to to be at least curious about Doctor Strange. Um, and I kind of like that he's a dick. I kind of yeah. like that um, he's not a goody-two-shoes kind of superhero. Um, and he can't even now, even though he's sort of reformed and, is, and has learned his lesson, um, there's still that arrogance to him. And, and I like that about him. Um, how about you? Um, I did like Doctor Strange a lot. I mean, uh, I hadn't read a lot of them, but I had, I was a big fan of the Defenders. I think they're still probably my favorite team, my favorite Marvel team, and him, like that just that that foursome of him, the Hulk, uh, Silver Surfer, and um, sorry, and Namor. Namor. I think it's just like a fun like dynamic, you know. Mm-hmm. And I used to go and buy the uh, back when they were doing. I guess they're not doing them anymore. The Essentials. I started buying the essentials of the defenders. And I think they're one of the, I, guess, I feel like so many people bought those essentials when they came out and they just ended up kind of just sitting on your shelf and not being read. Right. But the defenders ones, I ended up reading, I think almost all the way up to the Steve Gerber years, mm-hmm. which then they get super weird and wacky and a lot of fun all over again. But, um, so I did like their strange a lot. And I always felt like it was weird that he, especially in this time, this is pre, uh, the Bendis new Avengers magic, run where he started popping up a lot again. Yeah. I always thought it was interesting that he never seemed to uh, really come around that much. And this was when I, I guess I returned to comics maybe a couple of years previously. Mm-hmm. Like I, I returned maybe around 2002, I guess. And I don't, and so I was very excited when this came out and I was very satisfied with it as well. But I still think also like there has to be more, did this not sell? Because I remember when this came out, I feel like everyone was talking about it and it's a great book, and then it's there's there's still never a Doctor Strange book that comes out ever. I don't know. I think well, they they you know it's interesting that in in this story he says and and that's why I never joined the Avengers. Yeah. Of course, later on Bendis picked him up for the Avengers, and they had all that stuff where he he wasn't a Sorcerer Supreme anymore, and yeah. that went to I know you're a big Doctor Voodoo fan. I did like Doctor Voodoo as well. I like a lot of the magic characters in both DC and Marvel. Yeah. 
And, you know, and then now he's part of the Illuminati um, and played a, a, you know, a a pretty considerable part in Infinity. Um, So it's, you know, I don't know. I guess, you know, Mark Wade did some stuff when he wasn't the Sorcerer Supreme. Um, And they they, they always talk about, I remember, you know, um, all those conversations uh, early on about, if every writer sort of has like a Doctor Strange story in their head or, or wants to wants to play around with that character, I don't hear that so much anymore. Um, yeah, I remember you'd listen to interviews and they'd always say people would always talk about that Doctor Strange is one of their favorite characters, and then they'd be like, "Well, his books just don't sell, <laughs> or he can't support a solo uh, series." And then I was thinking today as I was reading this, I was like, "When is he? When's the last time he's had a solo series? Like the late '90s, maybe." You know, meanwhile, I think all the Blue, re- yeah, all the recent stuff has just been limited series, and then using yeah. them on team books. And but even then, this is the only limited series I think that he's ever that's ever been a Doctor Strange. Like, there's this one, and there's a Straczynski one that was like a a Marvel Knights book that I think came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in recent years, definitely. I mean, it's uh, right. I mean, I just think it's crazy how Moon Knight seems to get a new book every five years. <laughs> we can't get one Doctor Strange book when there's when it's such a great character that people love. I don't know. I think, um, you know, the backup in this, there's there's four, there's a four page story that was, I guess, like a, a digital comic that came with the Doctor Strange animated feature DVD. And that to me, even though it's a short story, I was like, I want I want more of that. Like, I, yeah. I want more episodic Doctor Strange adventures. Uh, I think I well, think it, it, seems, it would be a lot of fun. I it seems I, comics is kind of drifting t- more towards the. uh I guess what's being called the Hellboy or BPRD format, where you're just as opposed to having a long running, an ongoing series of limited series. Yeah, exactly. And I always thought that's a great idea. Anyways, I've never understood the idea of wanting series to keep going to the triple digits, but that's Dr. Strange is the perfect character to do that with. Cause like I, there are tons of Dr. Strange stories that people want to tell. And, and like, you just you have someone on the book, they tell their story, the next person comes on and tells theirs. I don't know. There's a lot of characters like that in Marvel's history that they'll have a book, they'll come out, the book is really successful. Yeah. And then the book ends and it's just decided they're done. Iron Fist, I feel like, is the same way. Iron Fist book was amazing. And then when it was over, and granted, like no one wants to follow up an amazing run by anybody else, but I still think as opposed to constantly giving us, you know, I mean, this is for you know, movie reasons too, like constantly giving us more war machine books. I'd prefer just more Dr. Strange or Iron Fist or I don't know. Well, why why do you think it is? Why do you, why do you think Dr. Strange doesn't get, you know? Well, here's, I think it's less of a sales. Well, not less of a sales thing. I think it's a idea that magic, it's hard. You can view Zatanna in the same way with magic. It's hard to decide what the rules are for these characters. Which is a, a plot point in the book. I mean, exactly. Um, Brigand, who's uh, sort of like he's written sort of like a flash rogue. He's just, you know a very blue collar kind of. Oh, villain. he is like a flash rogue. You're right. Like a, I, and I love villains like that that are just like he's um, he's just a villain for hire, um, and he you know comes in and he's although he's got he has he has Hitler's gun. He has the pistol that Hitler used uh, allegedly to kill himself. Uh, the Walther uh, P thirty eight. And so that's enchanted. 
Um, it's like a cursed gun with a silver yeah. bullet, which is, you know, a cool idea, fun idea, especially for, you know, a grunt kind of villain like Brigand. Um, so I thought that, I thought that was a, you know, a great role for that character. Great choice. You don't have to have an over the top. Was Brigand um, originally created for this book? I'm I, assuming he was. I'm show, I'm showing my ignorance here. I think, I, I imagine he probably predates this. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like if they, if they brought Night Nurse out of the, the toy box, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Brigand was also in like an old Ditko villain or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but he, uh, but so you have this, this character saying, you know, I like f- facing off against Stephen strange and just, oh, I hate magic. You know, there's the, uh, you never know what the rules are, which yeah. is, you know, a bit of meta commentary and the final showdown in this book, spoiler alert is, you know the the um, sorcerer um, who's up against Doctor Strange, who turns out to be the guy who um, did the surgery on him that actually botched his the, the nerves in his hand, gave him nerve damage, or didn't heal his nerve damage after the car accident, so that he couldn't be a surgeon anymore. Um, uh, Doctor was it Nick? Is it Nicodemus, Nicodemus West. West? Yeah, Doctor Nicodemus West. Um, he summons this hourglass. And the hourglass, when you turn it over, means that neither of them in this duel will be able to use magic for the next like three minutes or whatever. So he came up with this sort of this solution, um, and Brian K. Vaughan, I mean, came up with the solution to have a conclusion that isn't the end of the Sword and the Stone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I get, and that's the I big guess Merlin was like, yeah. a lot of. A lot. I mean, a lot of superhero stories come down to this bad guy fights this good guy, and I guess with with a magic character, it can be a lot of just summoning things out of thin air. But arguably, Green Lantern, you could say, has his power is not too dissimilar to many magic characters' powers. Like it's based in science, but because it has simple rules that everyone knows. Uh, it just creates a construct. It doesn't work on certain things for whatever reason. And then Doctor Strange, it's all ethereal. It's it's not as popular of a character, so it's in the like common knowledge of everyday people. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's part of it. Like writers, it's hard to write a Doctor Strange story because technically he should be able to do almost anything. So it's hard to find a good foe or challenge for him. And then people who are kind of half in, half out, maybe aren't interested because they just feel like. There's no set rules in the same way that even though the Hulk who has rules that seem to fluctuate has set rules, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because like you you go through throughout the story and he has to pause all these moments, uh, uh, Dr. Strange and, and explain that I can't conjure up surgical instruments. Um, they come up with kind of an elegant system where they say that, um, you know, magic can't duplicate medicine and medicine can't duplicate magic mm-hmm. um which is kind of when you when you come up with with sort of like a core rule system like that um like an absolute like that that those two things don't cross over um that's that's pretty elegant and that's pretty simple and easy to remember um but then you like you constantly have to find these things well why don't you do this and you know why can't you help Wong with this thing you know in this way and um so i can understand that Having to do that over time, um, yeah. maybe you could come up with a with a you know more of a shorthand so that it's. But 
it, it's it kind of sucks that you have to keep reminding people that you know you can't you can't do this with magic you can only do this and you have it, to come up with to to create a, a dramatic action scene that isn't you know um the end of the sword and the stone you have to come up with a you know a, an hourglass that that cuts out magic from the equation entirely but you know what's funny is that like as as you were saying that i was just reminded of uh hellblazer mm-hmm. and how that's a very long running series that found ways to do it every time you know yeah you're right so it's just a i don't know it's just i think it's a lot of these c list and d list characters have their fans but for some reason marvel has decided that they aren't strong enough to carry a book and they're probably you know they're they're probably very right there's a lot of books that i loved starring non-A-list characters that failed because they didn't have the uh, market that I I thought they did. Not everyone was like a Timmy Wood or Paul Montgomery in the uh, comics buying market <laughs> is what we learned quickly. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope, you know, it, you know, next month they could announce, you know, a new ongoing Doctor Strange book. Um, we would be, you know, the first in line to pick that up. But yes. Um, so, you know, it could happen. Um, just wish it happened sooner. But sorry. So, uh, so this book, um, what did you What did you like about this story? What I liked about the story too is I feel like it uh, it really plays up everything about being a doctor, and like I feel like a lot of times that's dropped with Doctor Strange. They just focus so much on the mystic arcs and uh, his role in occult type stuff mm-hmm. that it kind of I sometimes I even forget that he was originally a surgeon predating all this. Exactly, and I even thought about that as I was reading this because it's been a while since I read it. He, you know, becomes Doctor Strange because he, you know, drives his car into a tree and he he ends up not being able to do surgery anymore and his hands like shake. And I thought like, man, do we ever see that happen now? Like, and then this, then like the next page it happened, he's holding a bottle of pills and his hands are shaking and he can't, you know, hold it together. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's one thing I really like about it is that it really plays up his past and how that influences his actions of a superhero. Mm -hmm. And... That's something we've seen a lot of other characters like Daredevil or Spider-Man, but not so many in others. Uh, and I, I think that's, and I also think the end of it the, is a true conundrum. Like it's a, it's an interesting predicament that he he finds himself in, and it, it's a question of did he make the right decision or is there a really a right decision in that, uh, in that conclusion? Yeah, there's you know it's it's called Doctor Strange: The Oath. And, you know, another book with that title, like the oath part could just be, you know, placeholder. It, you know, it doesn't, it's just, it sounds cool. You know, it's, it sounds arcane and mystical, but the oath actually refers to the Hippocratic oath. And he brings that up. And I, I sort of forgot about that. And, and when I was reading it again, I was like, oh yeah, that's really, it's a, it's a really great insight on Brankevon's part to think about, as you said, the two kinds of doctors that he is, because he was, he was, you know, trained to be you know this truly world-class surgeon um and you know if he wasn't such a prick about it he could have saved a lot of people um he saves people in different ways now protecting them from like the netherworld and everything but um so we had so this conundrum that you mentioned is that you know so so the the central conceit is that uh that wong his his manservant his uh his apprentice is uh, he has uh, terminal uh, brain cancer, and he's got like three months to live, um, something like that. And and uh, 
Doctor Strange goes into another dimension and basically kills a cat god <laughs> in order to get the serum just to just to help Wong and and his cancer. It turns out that this could basically cure all cancer in the world um, if they're able to um, mass produce this or, or make more of this. Not even all can- all disease. Period. It starts off as all cancer, and yeah. then we then we learn gradually that it's like all kinds of illnesses, and you know, and um, they and you know the bad guys bring up you know some interesting points, even though they're sort of just out for their own bottom line. They say that you know if you know if everybody was um, was cured and there was no disease, then there would be overpopulation problems and be even worse than you know. Than you know, square one. So, um, but it, it it ends up being this conundrum of there's one drop of this stuff left. Do I save Wong, who needs this right now, or do I hold on to this drop and try to make more of it and help the whole world, except for Wong, who will already be dead by then? And um, he's reminded that you know Wong is his patient right now, and he swore an oath that he should help and do everything in his power to save the patient on the table. Um, and of course, you know, Wong is his, you know, his longtime friend and saved his life many times. Um, and so he, he makes the choice to save Wong, of course. Um, I, you know, I guess he could always go out and kill another cat God and get some more of that. You know, it seemed, it did seem very easy to get a hold of that, that stuff. Well, he was he, he, his shirt was all ripped up and everything. <laughs> he had, it was he had a rough time of it. It was just all off camera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, it's it's kind of it, it's. I mean, it's a very it's sort of a big kind of MacGuffin sort of thing. This this elixir um, that can cure all cancer. It's a it's a and it's also the that's the end of the first issue. Realizing that he can cure cancer um it's a classic brian cave on cliffhanger um but you know i but i think it's 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 more about what does it mean to be a good doctor um you know these important relationships like the, the a great insight into you know taking taking wong who could be this sort of racial stereotype and sort of thankless character in earlier Doctor Strange stories and making him this great friend um, whose devotion isn't because he's simple or stupid. It's because what Doctor Strange is doing is very important. And, you know, Wong talks about his his cousin who's training to be, you know, an assistant to a Sorcerer Supreme Um and this is this is a very important role for someone to have, a very important mantle to bear. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I like the point where where Strange reveals that he's not this, you know, infirm old man who can't handle himself in a physical fight just because he has all these, you know, magic powers. He hasn't let that fall into the wayside. And Wong is in fact his master in terms of martial arts, and he, he's got some judo that he learned from Wong. Um, although he says that he'll never be Iron Fist, but it'll, you know, it'll do the trick. Um, so I, I, I really like the depiction of that relationship. Um, and Wong gets to be kind of a badass, even though he's suffering from, you know, this, this cancer and is, and is weak. Uh, there's that moment where they're surrounded by these, these guys, uh, in Chinatown. And he, and he says, you know, I, I, they said, you know, you better give us your best. And he said, I, you know, I'd never do any less. Um, yeah. it's a pretty awesome moment. 
Um, another another thing I really like about it too is uh, I like the villain. I like that initially you think it's going to be, uh, or not initially, but they kind of uh, play up that you think it could be Nightmare or Dormammu or am right. I saying that right? Is it Dormammu? Dormammu? I would say Dormammu, but I could be Dormammu uh, or any of these magic foes that he has. But it, the villain again. This is a spoiler. I'm sorry if you've not read this, but you're, oh well. Uh, is it fellow doctor? fellow surgeon that just has a different set of ideals than he does um or has a different allegiance i would say actually and um he's not like i guess he is he's a bad guy in a sense but he's not bad in the way that dr dr doom is bad yeah it's just like an interesting i thought that was interesting that's another reason why i really like the book yeah i mean it kind of hurts him that he's you know in the pocket of big pharmaceutical yeah. Um, but you know, the like the you know, for the, the short amount of issues, um, you know, there's some there's some nuance to to what he's trying to do. Um and they clearly set up that there's reason for people to have a grudge against Doctor Strange from what he was before. Yeah. So um He also about, has two different colored eyeballs. He does. Which I always think. Is Which weird. is it's interesting. It's sort of like the um, you know, use, using that as he's got this weird thing, um, this weird stigma about it. The way a lot of fiction uses like albinos, like the evil albino kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, back when Strange met him, is Doctor Strange met him. It, it you know he pointed that fact out like immediately. He was immediately immediately prejudiced towards his two different eye colors. Yeah. Um. How about uh, how about um, Night Nurse? What's interesting is that early on in the, in the story, I'm thinking, oh wow, okay, so they're setting it up that Doctor Strange is very much like like a Sherlock kind of character, and we're like, okay, that makes Wong Watson, right? Because um, he's his, you know his helper and everything, and they 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 work on these cases together, and you see Wong, um, you know, organizing the reports of their investigations uh, in their library. Um, but then we meet Night Nurse, and uh, Night Nurse becomes Watson. They actually have this running gag where she calls him Sherlock, and and he calls her Watson. And there's even an elementary at some point in the story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I I I you know I really I really like that that relationship, and I think that so much of this is sort of about the potential for an ongoing series. <laughs> That's the thing is like I want this more book of must, this. This book must have not done well because like. That they it's set up for a ongoing series at the end mm-hmm. with uh night nurse gets you know uh, set on fire so she moves into dr strange's inner sanctum uh, santorum sanctum santorum and he offers her you know a place there to take care of people and they they kiss at the end it's very very sweet mm-hmm. and um yeah it just seems like the next move would be to see what the next adventure would be between the this trio of heroes, and then it's over, and we don't see Doctor Strange again until he it, until Hulk breaks his hands in a in Planet Hulk, you know, or uh, World War Hulk, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I know that he's already you know done some stuff with a depowered Doctor Strange, but if if Mark Wade ever got tired of Daredevil or the indestructible Hulk, he should do Dr. Strange stories. Yeah. Um, totally. Cause I don't, I don't think Brian K. Vaughn's coming back to do, you know, an ongoing Marvel series, but 
I think, you know, if you had somebody like Mark Wade, I think they would understand the, the, the dynamic, you know, the relationships. And I don't know that they, I mean, they wouldn't go back seven years and use this as their status quo, but, um, you know, it's not so far removed from yeah. where we are now. I think we've, we've sort of s circled back around and, you know, you could do a Doctor Strange series that's, you know, using these trappings. And I think that would be a whole lot of fun. Um, and it's so smart to bring, like, I, kn I knew of Night Nurse. Like, I knew she existed because you would see those old covers from, you know, Marvel back when they had more than superhero comics. And one of them that always kind of pops up is the Night Nurse one. Yeah, she's, and it was, she's guess, from like the 70s, basically. Yeah, it was like more of a romance comic almost, I yeah. think, right? And so I kind of knew she existed. So when I saw that she was in this, when it came out, it got me excited that, oh, that's awesome that they're using these characters that they have access to as opposed to, and and making something interesting out of them. Like that's, a, I would love this. I, I'm sure she's popped up since. I think I have seen her a couple times since. Or she's, I think she's referred to a lot. Like someone gets hurt and someone says, go see Night Nurse. You know, she'll patch you right up. She was in, she was in Bendis' Daredevil. Um, oh yeah, she that, was. That, huh? that predates this, but um, and there have been different characters with that night nurse name. Yeah. Um, she was in New Avengers number thirty four. Um, yeah, she's Linda Linda Carter. Um, but I think you know the breakout role was probably Doctor Strange of the Oath. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I was I was wrong. Brigand was created solely for this. Okay. He just, and I think that's sort of the brilliance of it that he seems like he's been around. He yeah, just, he, he just seemed... feels like an old Marvel character, like, you know, like he would have been in the circus with Hawkeye or something. Yeah, uh, I just lost my. What I was about to say, oh, I feel like it's just Night Nurse is just such a good idea for a character. Oh, um, but that, remember, like last year, there was that show coming out called The Mob Doctor. Mm -hmm. It's like that. Like, who? Someone has to take care of these people. I want to know who that is. You know, they can't be going to hospitals. Mm -hmm. Just like in the same way that Daredevil is the lawyer for every person in the Marvel Universe, Night Nurse is the, everyone's doctor or nurse practitioner. That's a cool idea as like a nexus for, for stories. Like so like with that first page of this this limited series to have Iron Fist and Arana meet there and they've never necessarily met before. And she talks about how she was, you know, involved in a fight and she didn't even know what the what the bad guy's name was. And Iron Fist had to fill her in on that. And she's, you know, Spider-Man sw swept in and, and you know, saved my ass and and uh, and then gave me a card and told me to to go here and get things taken care of. And, so that means Spider-Man has pockets, right? Um, does he say he has a card? I don't know. I'm, I might be. Maybe. I don't know. But um, he's he's a very talented seamstress. <laughs> is peter parker um so yeah so it's so mostly we've been we've been complaining that there isn't more of this but um for what there is it's a really good little doctor strange story and it's all it's all self-contained you don't need to know anything about doctor strange um if, if you if you read if you're a fan of brian k vaughn and you wanted to see what he what he looks like when he mixes up in uh, a mainstream universe this is the one I think to go to. Def I mean, we, we he's great. It, it, that's the thing that proves how great he is. He's great at books like Why the Last Man or Ex Machina or Scalp. Or not, I'm sorry, Saga, not Scalp. That's right. Jason Aaron. Uh, but then like you see him every now and then jump in here and do these little mini series like he would do. And he's great at those too. Uh, great writer. Great, and, great writer. And, and, and I mean, Marcos Martin drawing Doctor Strange casual wear 
And there's nothing really that casual about Doctor Strange. He's a very fabulous person. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got like leopard print gloves. He's but... a, he's he's ridiculously similar to Iron Man. When I was I was thinking about that today. He's he was rich. He was rich. He had a downfall. He hurt himself. He yeah. has a servant that works for him. He has a mustache with dark hair. Like, there's a lot of similarities there. He's very, yeah, you, you th- when you think about, you know, Tony Stark, even, you know, today, and you, and the same for Stephen Strange, you think of that, like, old Hollywood, you think of, like, Clark Gable, and that's clearly yeah. where they're going with they, this it, character. I feel like if, if they made a Doctor Strange movie, Errol Flynn would be Doctor Strange. Yeah. And it'd be um, tough now because he's dead, but... Yeah. No, they would reanimate his corpse. They would be so magical about it, and it would be really distressing for children going to the movie, saying, "Why are there jumper cables hanging off of him? What's going on?" Um, no, I do I, think I do think one of these Marvel films they're planning has to be a Doctor Strange film. I think I mean there's he's, rumors he's to that talked effect. about it. Yeah, it's always brought up. It's always a rumor. They're always saying so and so maybe cast as Doctor Strange, whether it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt or. There's another one recently. Well, I mean, this was years ago, but they were talking about like McDreamy wanted to do it. Oh wow! I guess that yeah, the Grey's Anatomy angle, and I can see that. Yeah. Um, Patrick but Dempsey. But it's it when that when that movie when that movie gets made, which it will get made one of these days, we will get a Doctor Strange book again, definitely. Oh well, sure. The system works. <laughs> and then we will finally have our dream Doctor Strange book. I, I would get... love. I would just love a lot of these magic characters to get like a book. I love Doctor Strange. I love the Son of Satan. I love. Uh, I don't think we're going to get a Son of Satan book. <laughs> Look, I have a or great a idea for a Son of Satan book. Okay. Make it a Marvel Max book. Okay. Here it is. Here it is. Here's my. You know. Here's my pitch. My my dorm room roommate is the Son of Satan. Bam! It'd be great. It'd be a great book. I think that has a limited appeal because not everybody knows you and your roommate. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, I don't know. All these magic characters have a lot of fun. Have a lot of there's a lot of fun characters in the magical world of the Marvel universe, and every now and then you get books like this that kind of exploit them in the right way, and they should be cherished and brought up to people who haven't read them yet. So if you I haven't think, read this, go find it and read it. You know what the the Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be a kind of a hurdle in terms of suspension of disbelief for audiences in, in the ex- ever expanding Marvel cinematic universe. Magic is going to be the hurdle after that. You know, I think they're tackling the cosmic stuff now. Magic is, I, it's scary, you know, that's introducing a whole other element into all this, but I guess we'll see some of that with Scarlet witch and. Yeah. And Avengers also they 2. announced, they announced a lot of street level characters for the Netflix stuff. So, and Doctor Strange, you want to consider him street level, you want to consider him cosmic, and you want to consider him like Avengers level either. So I guess that's why it's kind of They have Loki, and Loki knows magic. And I think you you tie all these things, and and that's interesting because when you're you're flipping through this book and you go into Brigand's mind and all of these villains that he sort of created that uh, sort of scapegoats for his actual boss, um, you you look at all the different Doctor Strange villains, and you've got Dormammu and and Mordo and and um, Doctor Doom's in there, and you see Loki in the background. And I was thinking about it, I was like Loki is a Loki is sort of like the key to a lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and linking all these things up. 
And they're, you know, they're already playing with, you know, Asgard is kind of, it's another planet. It's a, you know, it's a, it's another, it's just a faraway planet and all of the realms are connected. It's just a very, you know, instead of an interdimensional thing, it's, they're just uh, really far apart in yeah. outer space and you know loki knows his magic and I, you know so you can you can play with that stuff but anyways we're we're getting way over <laughs> over our heads here so um we recommend this book we want to see i'd like to you know i dr strange book cool i want to see a, I want to see a night nurse book and and get on that dr strange movie um asap because bd wong's not getting any younger <laughs> so oh man <laughs> B.D. Wong. I, what did I watch recently he popped up in? Maybe it was Jurassic Park. It's Father, Father, the Bride, Part 2. <laughs> it's, great. Um, it's a great film. It's a great book. Marvel, give us more of this stuff. I guess Marvel has lately given us st- more stuff like this. I'd say Daredevil's like this. If you like Daredevil, read this. If you like um, if you like Hawkeye, even, mm, I would suggest sure. read this, maybe. If you like books, check this out. Um, if, you all like, right. if you like transferences of information via paper and uh binding read this <laughs> all right and the other thing if you're interested in in keeping up with books blowed uh in january 2014 we're going to be talking about akira um Ooh, i don't know if we're going to do there now there's like six volumes of that i don't know if we're going to do it all in one shot um i have a special guest lined up um, it is gonna, it is not me. I'll it's, tell you that it's right not now. Timmy Wood. So you can cross me off the list. I know you're you're like oh. But Timmy, Timmy will be back in 2014. So we'll, so we're going to be talking about Akira in some form uh, in January, maybe beyond. Um, so that's next on Booksplode. Remember, of course, to check out every week the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast over at iFanboy.com. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can send those along. It's Paul at iFanboy.com or contact at iFanboy.com. Uh, remember to uh, to leave some love on the iTunes. Leave us an iTunes review. And uh, I'm Paul. Write it write it as if you're a magician. If, if you heard this show, write it as if you were Doctor Strange. That's right. Give him creative answer. writing prompts. Here's um, your prompt. Uh, your, your, your suggestion is Hori host of Hoggath. 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 Until next time, happy holidays. I'm Paul. That's Timmy. I'm, yes. I thought I was going to say I'm Timmy Woods. You don't get to say that. <laughs> See you next time. Abracadabra. Abracadabra.